Welcome to the Writer at Work podcast. Ms. Catherine M. H. and Kit Boyer are your co-hosts. They will be bringing you updates on their journey to becoming full-time authors, as well as writing advice, book reviews, and information to help you on your road to authordom. Join these authors as they work on their writing careers. Welcome to the Writer at Work podcast. I'm Miss Catherine M.H. And with me, as always, is Kit Boyer. And today, we have a craft episode for you. And we are talking about research. Yes. I've got a lot to say about research. Good. Start <laughs> us off. All right. Research. How could I not love it? To build worlds, to do all of this. Oh, you can go on and on and on and on and on on and on. <laughs> I think you're getting the point. Research can be a rabbit hole that you fall down into. <laughs> it could be a lot of fun, but it can keep you from writing. So for me, my research depends on the genre. Let's take my steampunk, for example. I really like to include the historical elements into my story. So I give myself exactly one month of research. I am not allowed to write anything else. I'm not allowed to be like, let me just type up this scene. Let me just describe this character. No, this month is strictly for my research. I am researching the type of clothing. I'm researching the type of mannerisms I want to portray in this book. If I need laws for this book, then I'm researching what kind of laws were happening. I'm looking for ways how to bend, since I like to talk about modern day issues in my steampunk novels. I look at how to bend them to make them fit into almost a Victorian style. With that said, my research is also interesting in the fact that I will method write. So actors method act, and I like to method write. I will start wearing the clothes of my characters to see what it's like to be in those clothes, what they move like, how does it feel to walk outside in the freezing cold wearing these kind of clothes, how does it feel to walk in really hot temperatures in these kind of clothes. I even have a full-blown fight scene wearing a corset. Can you duck in a corset? Fun fact, you can. You can duck in a corset if somebody has a knife coming at you. <laughs> so all of these things are little bits of research that I like to do. Once my month is up, I'm not allowed to do a deep dive research unless it's something that I need for that moment. So let's say I needed in one of my stories to learn about a restraining order and when restraining orders came about for women. So after writing the scene and leaving a section that goes, please research this so you can talk about it. I then went and did a quick research, no more than one hour. <laughs> so after that one hour, I had enough information to be able to correct that scene and write it accordingly. 
Like I said, research is amazing, but it can take you down a rabbit hole of, ooh, but what's this? And how did this work? And next thing you know, you're somehow researching how mercury can be used in engines. Why would you need to know that? Nobody needs to know that, but somehow you got there, (laughs) which is something that I actually managed to somehow get to, from corsets to mercury and engines. (laughs) So... Definitely set up a few guidelines for yourself. If you are starting a genre and, ooh, give me a genre. Fantasy. Fantasy, okay. Um, Let's go medieval fantasy because maybe you're researching that. If you are going to research the medieval fantasy, give yourself a few points that you want to make sure that you cover. So you know, in medieval fantasy, you're going to have weapons. So bam, you write down weapons. You know that you want to have certain clothing, right? You need certain armor, or you want to portray a certain look. Do you want to go stereotypical barbarians? Or do you want to go, you know, King Arthur and his knights? So put down clothing. Bam, you've got that put down horseback riding. I mean, if you're in the medieval times and mostly in fantasy, it doesn't just have to be horseback riding, but you can then turn that into, well, now I'm dragon riding. But hey, I know all of the saddle information or hey, I know how this moves. So you start making a few key points that you know happens in that genre and then dive into the research of it. Medieval times, they had fantasy. They had like... (laughs) They had creatures. Look up what the medieval creatures were and how they were described. Check them out from different parts of the world. I mean, European dragons look very different from Asian dragons and look extremely different from Middle Eastern dragons. They look different from dragons in the United States and dragons in South America. So do a little bit of like, hey, where do I want this to portray? And then from there, you have a few little bits to then dive and find yourself in weird corners of, you know, this research project. But you have a few points that you know that you need to come back to, and that will help you research and keep you focused while you are researching. I feel like I'm talking a lot. What about you? What is your (laughs) research hacks? I think you had a lot of good, uh, a lot of good advice. A lot of good tips, things I hadn't (laughs) thought of. Um, Research hacks for me, um, I find names to be super important. So once I decide on the culture type uh, of my people, I come up with names for the characters before I do anything with them. The names should reflect the character, their personality, where I want them to go in the story, uh, and should be, you know appropriate for their culture and their background. Uh, So if you are coming up with dumb names, I'm going to judge you. I'm going to judge you so hard. I hate dumb names. It's not that I hate names that are not very attractive or something. Like people have all kinds of names. It's more like when the name doesn't match the person Mm. or when the name doesn't match the culture, you know, or something. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, if you have a 
medieval fantasy story set in Japan, you're probably not going to have like a character named Annabeth, uh, who's a native Japanese, you know, woman who X, Y, Z. So (laughs) names are important. Keep that in mind. Keep in mind how names can be used to show character, to show heritage, to show family relationships and values and and all that. Um, also, don't be afraid to get out Google Translate on some documents like, uh, oh, man, what is it called when there's like, it's, oh, primary source. Don't, yes. Don't, uh, yeah, don't feel afraid to get out Google Translate or ask somebody who knows the language to help you with some primary source documents if you're doing mm-hmm. research into something that isn't, you know, in your language. Um, because that can be super valuable. Uh, what else do I have? Uh, limit your time. Like Kate said, I, I limit my time. I don't, I really tried not to over dive. Like I deep dive into so many things and <laughs> I try not to like over dive <laughs> mm-hmm. and get stuck in the, you know, the whirlpool of, of research there. Uh, so give yourself some sort of structure and limit. Um, there are different strategies you can use. You can research as you go. That's kind of how I often do it. You can also research before you start writing, which can be good if you give yourself a specific time limit and then say, I'm not going to research anything else until I'm done. Yep. Um, and you can also research and post. So you can just put placeholders for things and then know that you're going to add more pertinent details about whatever it is when you've done the research after you've written the first draft. And then you can weave those details throughout the story later on. Mm -hmm. Um, I tend to think that it's better to be organic. So to know everything beforehand and, and put it in at first, you know, like, uh, I'll fix it in post isn't a great strategy. You should have (laughs) as good a copy as you can before you get to post, you know, uh, so that's, that's something, you know, to think about, but, but if that's what you need to do to get a first draft down, do that. Just put mm-hmm. placeholders. You don't know what this character's name is, put like main character's twin sister and just, you know, MCTS or something and put it in brackets in bold and highlight it so that you know where to replace it and what your short name for that character is so that you can, uh, you know, control F and replace all of those, um, Another thing you can do is pay a researcher if you're doing like a really big or like historical type of project or um, something to do with with real life. You know, not 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 the fantasy. It doesn't have to do with real life, of course, but more more that. Uh, well, let me give you an example. I just read um, Silka's Journey by Heather Morris, and it's about a woman who she was 16 when she was sent to Auschwitz, and. Um, she was not in a good position there, but she was in a more privileged position because of things that she was forced to do, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And um, then she ended up leaving there uh, at the end of, you know, liberation, once once the camp was liberated. But then the Russians were like, oh, you worked with the Germans. We're going to send you to a gulag for 15 years. Uh, So they sent her to a gulag and Heather Morris, because she's, I think, Australian, paid (laughs) uh, a researcher to find out about, this is a real person, Silka, 
to find out about Silka's genealogy and her family history back in, uh, oh gosh, I don't remember what city she lived in. Bratislava, maybe? I can't remember. Um, but she lived somewhere uh, <laughs> in Eastern Europe and maybe, you know, Czechoslovakia was what I think they said. Uh, so they, she paid a researcher to go there or to be there and research somebody who already lived there. She also paid somebody to do research in Moscow for her um, and to do research about the gulag and to go visit the place that that Silka was, you know, imprisoned. And uh, so she, she went through that process of finding you know, relevant details through someone else. So that's, that's good if you can afford it. And if you are doing a bigger project like that, um, let me see what else I have here. Um, you can, you, you can use, um, forms like, uh, Kate, you make, um, character worksheets and plot worksheets and all that kind of thing. You can use that to give yourself a guideline for what you need to research. You were saying, Kate, that uh, you you make a list of specific topics you want to research, like weapons, clothing, etc. And you actually have um, pages, worksheets that people can fill out that have those topics already listed uh, (laughs) that they can put their own details in. And that that can give a framework for you researching. That's super helpful. Uh, so if you don't want to build your own, you know, framework there, you can get one from Kate or go online and search for one that somebody else made. Uh, so you can use that for inspiration and to, to round out your knowledge of whatever topic or place or whatever people, whatever you've got that you need to research. Um, myself, I like to create models sometimes. Kate, you were talking about doing that too. You like to wear the clothes of the people. Um, I sometimes like, we're going to do an episode on map making, but I really have a hard time visualizing. Like I'm not good at scenery details and stuff because I don't, my brain just doesn't focus on it when I'm reading and writing. So I don't know uh, how to write (laughs) like what things look like in scenery and landscapes and buildings and stuff. So I, I tend to make maps and try to uh, use map making software to, to help me with that. So if you know you are struggling with a specific type of detail work, uh, making a model might help. Um, and, oh, another, I think maybe my last thing. Oh, no, I have two things. Second to last <laughs> thing is when you're doing research, decide where you want to get creative and where you want to stick to facts. Because... That's super important in believability and the reader experience. If you choose the wrong places to be creative, people are going to be so mad and your story is not going to make any sense. Um, But if you choose the right places to stick to the facts, like, you know, these are the basic facts of the situation. I'm sticking to them, but I am taking creative liberties with the characters or with, you know, this type, this person came in, you know, you're writing a fantasy story or like melding genres or something. That's fine. But make sure you, you, you carefully choose which parts you want to keep as, as, you know, accurate and which parts you want to be creative on, um, and maybe think about that ahead of time before you start writing so that you so that you know where you're going to uh, do that. Mm-hmm. So I do have another suggestion for some people, and that would be what type of genre you have is going to be really important 
as to how much research you're going to need to do. So a historical piece is going to take a lot more research, most of the time, than a fantasy novel. Like an epic fantasy might not take as much research as a historical piece. A sci-fi book might take more research, might be less research, depending on what kind of subgenre you're in. If you're hard science... You best believe that you're probably taking more than one month to do some research. I made that mistake (laughs) of I researched way more for my steampunk novel than I did for my space opera. And I had to change my book three times because of learning that you can't launch the spaceship that I wanted to launch off of Earth without actually destroying part of the planet. (laughs) Like you would, it would shift the amount of fuel needed to get it into space, first off. And then the fact that it would have tilted or shifted the Earth's um, orbit, apparently, if you have something of that force trying to leave. So I was like, well, can't have that. So you built it in parts and then sent it up. And I was like, ooh, but that's not working either. So do your research for your genre and maybe like research your genre (laughs) to know how much research you will need to do for it. So like I said, certain genres are going to need a lot more research than others. Take romance, for example. You're usually not doing a whole lot of romance for that. Why? Because you're mostly focused on the romance. You're doing character development. Maybe you throw in a little bit of the background, but most readers are looking for the romance. They don't really, not that they don't care, but they don't really focus on the rest of it. If you're somebody who is into hard science, you want the details and you want to make sure they're right. So, depending on your genre will depend on how much research you should be doing. Yeah. Uh, And kind of going from that, my last thing is um, when you when you research your specific genre topics, you know, go to Discord, find the Discord server for romance writers and see what you need to research. You know, like they have a very specific plot structure they follow sometimes or they've got, you know, or maybe you want to research uh, instead of the plot. Maybe you're like, I really want one of my characters to be, you know, a neuroscientist or whatever, and you have to research that. Find those books and find those people, those subject matter experts who can help you understand a more complicated topic and find out what you actually need to know. Um, yes. Listen to podcasts, you know, consume related media. If you If you want to write fantasy, maybe, you know, read up on current fantasy trends or just straight up read popular fantasy and see if any of it strikes a chord with you. Not that you're taking their work or copying them or something, but more like, you know, pieces of things like style or uh, length of book or character types or something. Mm -hmm. Oh, Wikipedia. People, people talk smack about Wikipedia all the time. Um, That's really silly. It's really, really silly. Yes, anybody can edit anything on Wikipedia. But if you have like a science page or something or like a historical, 
event page and you scroll down to the bottom and you look at the massive, massive list of sources and how they're cited throughout the piece. I mean, like, you know that that's probably going to be accurate. And if you aren't sure about the the Wikipedia article itself, follow the sources. See yep. if they're correct. See if they're accurate. Do they come from scientific journals or do they come from, like, colleges that that specialize in archaeology or whatever you're looking up? Like, that's that's fine to use Wikipedia. And you should use Wikipedia. It's very simple, very easy. And it's, you know, how could it be worse than the old encyclopedias that were written by, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to say who, but we all know who wrote those <laughs> old encyclopedias. And they weren't exactly knowledgeable on other cultures and, let's say, genders and life experiences. So I think Wikipedia is much more <laughs> maybe egalitarian or something. Yes. I think that's it for me. Do you have anything else? Nope, I think that's that's all of our research tips for you guys. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and you got something from it. We really appreciate you spending the time to listen and improve your craft, hopefully. <laughs> um, like, subscribe, social media down below, all that kind of stuff. Have a great week and see you next time. Bye. Bye.